buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. All right, welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. And today I've got a fantastic guest for you today. I've got Fred Melanson. He's the founder over at Blink. So they're doing some really interesting stuff. Fred is extremely passionate about product-led growth. And we're going to dig into you know how that happened and his experience and pull a lot of learning lessons out of there. Fred, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you, Colin. Thanks for having me. Super excited. I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. We've been meaning to make this happen for for a while. Yes, sir. Um, so I'm glad that we were able to to do that now, and I'm really excited to to learn a little bit about the work that you guys are doing over at Blinks, and and just learn a little more about you and your experience as well. So, to kick it off, just kind of tell us a little bit where where it all started for you. Yeah, man. I it all started in in college actually. Um, I. I figured that I wanted to start a business when I graduated from Miguel and I found a way to kind of growth hack my relationships. Um, if I may say, like I wasn't the guy that would actually go to classes that much. I I worked purposely in a high-end restaurant in, in downtown Montreal, Canada, where I'm, where I'm from, um, mm-hmm. because that was the fastest way for me to meet CEOs, VPs, execs, really people that could have helped me build the business. So for me, it was not go to your finance classes, but build those relationships on the on the sidelines. So that's really how I got into sales in general, relationship building, and really like learning the profession of relationship building and then falling in love with, with the sales aspects of things. And that's how also the spark for Blinks started. Um, I was talking to people, asking questions, being curious, trying to understand how do people manage their relationships, their sales. And the same frustration pain point came, uh, came, came back. And that's, that's how we started Blink. So right off of college, just instead of getting a job, started working on it with the the relationships that I've built through the restaurant experience, was able to raise an angel round quickly. And here we are two years later. Wow. Okay. Interesting. You know, you didn't have to go to college to work at a restaurant. No, I know, but I figured <laughs> I, I figured I figured I wanted the degree. I don't know for some reason because now in my, in the startup it doesn't mean anything. But I think it was just yeah. My my girlfriend still doesn't believe me. She asked for my transcripts. She's like, you 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 didn't graduate. Like yeah, I did. But no, uh, not yeah, that we're gonna need thing. to see the proof on that, Fred. Yeah, I can send it send it over if you just because uh, it's on your LinkedIn profile doesn't mean anything. 
There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. No, uh, I think it's interesting that you said you didn't go to class a lot. And like the most valuable stuff that you got was like in building relationships with these successful people, which is, which is awesome. I love that. Uh, I personally uh, didn't go to college. I barely made it through high school uh, by the skin of my teeth. So people may not believe that I even graduated high school, but I swear I have the credits. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, I just wasn't a great student. And, and sales definitely like, you know, provided me an opportunity that I never would have been able to have otherwise. Um, so I'm really curious, um, of what you mentioned something, you said that, that, you know, through like having these conversations and talking to people, uh, it sort of sparked the, the light for blinks of like these challenges that people have with managing relationships. What were those type of challenges? Yeah. I mean, looking back, thinking back to it, I think it was discovery, but not knowing that it was discovery. Like I was, I was a really curious people and I would ask people about their problems and, and what came, what kept coming back and Blinks has pivoted once or twice uh, since the, since that, but the overarching theme that kept, that kept coming back is it's really hard to manage a lot of relationships at scale and data, data siloed, and with the rise of automation, a lot of the generic stuff and tools, bots, it was it seemed to be really painful for people to manage that human to human relationship at scale and really be efficient and contextual. So that's that's really the overarching pain point that I felt really strongly in everyone I was talking to. And that's that's what Blinks was started on. And obviously we made a lot of junior mistakes. We first time founders uh, hitting the wall a few times, but we've, we've pivoted and, and iterated towards what we do now, which is helping sales teams at product led and marketing led companies know in all of the signups and all of the leads that they have, which are the hottest accounts to focus on, when should they engage and with what information to really be contextual and to drive expansion, drive up sales and drive retention. So, okay. uh, so yeah, that's how it started. So, what would you tell like somebody who is a little bit on the fence about product led growth? Like what are the reasons for it? What are the benefits? What are the things that people are like against it for? Yeah. And I mean, I think it has a lot of repercussions on, on sales and I think it's a really interesting shift product led growth. The term is being thrown out a lot, uh, to be yeah. honest, like yeah, cause it, it sounds it's sexy, similar, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a sexy term. It's a buzzword right now, but I don't think it's a buzzword in the sense that AI was a buzzword five years ago. Uh, AI was a buzzword five years ago, but people realized, uh, there's not really like practical business applications that much. I think product led growth is happening and is inevitable in a sense that people want to try before they buy. People want to experience some kind of value before they make a commitment. And I think that's the whole basis of product-led growth. And it changes how sales approach the funnel, approach the strategy. And I think that's super interesting. And we're we're trying to build, obviously, a solution that empowers that shift. Um, But I don't think it's a, I think it's a buzzword, but it's justified that it's a buzzword because a lot more, a lot more companies are shifting to product like growth, the biggest SaaS or product led. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the people that are, let's say anti product led growth, they don't really know enough about it to make a determination if like it's for the company or not, because 
product led growth doesn't mean like doing away with sales or like we don't need salespeople, right? Like, I mean, for complex deals, for, you know, high value sales, I mean, for one, if one person logs into your software and tries it out and then sign ups, okay, you know, uh, maybe there's not a salesperson involved in that, but there still might be, you know, customer success or whatever. Um, but that's going to be only make up a small percentage of your revenue. You know, there's still yeah. a need for people for more complex deals, for larger deals that have more seats, things like that, where you got to get more creative. Um, and still sales still needs to be involved. But I think with a proper, and I don't know enough about this, but with a prop, you know, from people I've talked talk to with a proper strategy around product led growth, it actually can give salespeople more data, more insights of like, Hey, these are the best prospects to engage. Like yeah. let's not engage with everybody that signed up for a free trial because a lot of them probably aren't even your ideal customer, but Hey, here's the ones that are actually in there using it, doing things that are more likely to buy. Yeah. I think that's a super strong point. And there's a lot of, there's a few things that you said in there that I want to unpack that are really, really interesting. The first is product led growth doesn't equal no sales. I think that's really important. Uh, if you look at Slack, they hire 50% more sales reps every year. Zoom hires 40% more sales reps every year. 45% uh, of Slack's revenue comes from sales reps, expanding accounts, closing high valued accounts. So the, the leading product led companies are really showing us that sales are necessary. Um, so I think that's one interesting uh, thing to, to mention. The other thing that you said is about how sales changes into that funnel. And I think it really switches from, and I mean, product led can mean a lot of things. You can be product led, but still have a lot of marketing to bring people to your site. Like it, it doesn't, product led doesn't necessarily mean that everyone comes through your product, converts by themselves and, and that's it. Um, I think that, that that's the case if your average revenue per user is super low. Like if you're charging five bucks per month, obviously you want to automate as much as possible. But if you're charging anywhere over $20 per user in that range, or if you're charging per usage, it does make sense to have sales reps involved, whether they're sales reps, sales reps like AEs, whether they're, they're customer success managers that try to do sales role, but I think it's it's really shifting towards, well, instead of the sales rep pinging someone to buy something or trying, it's like, well, get them through our product. And then the, the rep engages at some point with the most qualified leads or the most qualified accounts and gets them to value, make sure they get to steps, make sure that they get through sales engineering procurement if it's a bigger account. So there's a lot of stuff that you can't really replace a rep for that are interesting to embed into the, the product led motion. And one thing, one last thing that I want to add there is automating the whole funnel versus involving sales. I think what we see the best PLG SaaS do is there's a percentage of my users that come into my product that I do want to automate that I don't want to talk to them because they probably don't fit my ICP perfectly or they're not doing enough product action. So you want to automate the funnel with them, but there's still a percentage that you want your teams to, to um, embark on a more high touch strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, awesome. So I, I think that 
there that can maybe help settle the debate there, right? Of people that are like, you know, on the fence about adopting a strategy or thinking, you know, this is going to put sales jobs at risk, right? Um, no. No. And, and so, so what I want to know is where does Blinks come into play? Like, what are you guys doing? You know, what's unique about it? How is it, you know, helping, you know, product led, you know, SaaS, um, you know, do a better job with those, with those strategies? Yeah. Before I, before I explain how, how we solve the problem, let's start with the problem. Um, and what we see for, for companies that are bottom up. So in bottom up, I include marketing led and product led because there's, a lot of similarities, but for people who have a lot of signups coming in to their, to their product or a lot of leads coming in, it's really hard for sales reps to know who to focus on. Um, and you don't want to focus on everyone. You want to focus on the accounts that will have the most impact on your revenue. Mm -hmm. Um, so what, what we do at Blinks is we plug into product data, marketing engagement data and sales touch points. And we notify reps when accounts reach key milestone that and that correlate to revenue so they can engage. And we provide information like what have they been doing in the product? How have they been engaging with marketing? So you really switch from a, like, hey, first name, comma, saw that you were doing this at company name to mm -hmm. like, hey, you like my LinkedIn posts, how I want to pick your brain. Or I see that you've created three presentations in my product, like, how about I show you how another client of, of ours is, is doing, uh, is, is really winning. So it's really helping reps focus on the right accounts, but then be contextual to really drive those exp that expansion revenue or convert accounts faster. So that's, uh, that's what we do. So give me, give me, give me like more examples. Like what is it, um, what is it enabling them to do that they couldn't do otherwise, or could they do it, but it's much more of a manual process? Tell me, like, dig into yeah. that a little bit more. Yeah, without, I mean, what we have saw with SaaS that we're working with is before Blinks, the reps had to dig into dashboards and data, and the data was there in terms of product actions, but I they had to go in dashboards like Datadog or Mixpanel or Amplitude and try to figure out who to focus on, they would have a bit of information in their CRM, but it was really a pain in the ass to try to figure out, okay, who do I focus on? Like I have 50 accounts that I'm targeting. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to focus on the ones that have the most chances of converting to revenue and expanding and, and staying. Customer. Meaning spending the most time in the product or doing very specific actions in the product. Could be, could be different things. Could be reaching key milestones in the product. So if you know that an account has reached a product qualified state. So they, they, they took all of the actions to really mm -hmm. understand the value of your product, but they still haven't converted. That's a really strong signal. If an account is increasing the amount of users or playing around with premium features, but they're, they aren't really converting. If you have a free signup in your product that just went on your pricing page, that's a really strong buying signal for an AE to reach out. So those are all the things that were stuck in data silos before or that reps had to chase in dashboards that were bringing, we're connecting the dots and sending actionable Slack messages like, hey, Loom just reached PQA in your product, your AE, an AE should reach out. Mm. And, and that makes the revenue engine go way faster. And makes I mean, I think in a lot of cases, most reps don't even have those signals or data at all. Like those, that data is 
probably managed more by like the executive team in a lot of cases and isn't even openly being shared with the sales team. Yeah. I mean, yeah. is that what you see in a lot of cases? It's it's either the data's there like in segment or it's in the background, it's in the data warehouse, but sales don't get access to it or it's dashboards that sales don't want to use and it's not super actionable and sales reps are not going to dig into a dashboard like you know you know it better than i do like you want to take actions you want to know what to do you want to like chase people um and i'm not going to spend 30 minutes trying to look at a an amplitude dashboard to figure out which account i focus on yeah i mean in most cases a rep's barely going to spend time reading the notes in the crm like Ask them yeah, to even more take read a dashboard and try to figure out who and how is the best prospect to reach out to. Forget it. Yeah, forget it. Forget it. So the way we do it is like, hey, we're, we're going to do the heavy lifting and we're just going to ping you in stock with a message saying, hey, focus on this account right now. Here's why. And here's a few talking points that you can use to be more contextual. And I think um, I listened to your the last podcast that you put out uh, on the show and it's all about being contextual to drive those high valued accounts. And I think there's a shift from generic automation, from generic personalization to, yeah. to be contextual. And that's the role of sales in a product by motion too, is to understand the user, understand the user's intent, what they're trying to do and to work alongside them. So I think we sales rep need to use more of that, like, hey, based on what you did, here's a resource or here's a case study or like I saw that you just like this post, like how about we have a chat about it? That That's really, I think, where where smart touch points is going. Less less about like I'm going to send a thousand messages with company name and first name in it. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that um, there is, I mean, I, I don't like to... You know, I'm typically not somebody that's like, hey, it's this way or that way. And if it's this way, then that way's wrong, right? Because I think too many people take... Now, that's, there's some things you got to take a hard stance on, obviously. Um, but I think there's just tom so many variables to be like fully committed to like doing something one way. Um, and I think there is space in for, you know, your high velocity activities that are less contextual, right? Like there is space yeah. for that. And this highly depends on what you do, right? But I think in most cases, um, if you want to win bigger deals, right? If you want to build relationships with higher value targets, yes, you've got to go deep. You've got to get more personalized. You've got to get more relevant. You've got to spend more time crafting your message. You've got to have you know, good pieces of information to catch their attention and reach out in a meaningful way, um, leading with value, right? So, um, and I like uh, podcasts are, are one of my favorite ways that I think are totally underutilized, right? So, Great. If you can say something insightful about like what they've what they've done in the product, you know, to kind of get the conversation moving forward, that's I think a, a great uh, thing that most people don't have, right? Um, and then your typical research is people go on social, they maybe go to YouTube, you know, if it's a high, you know, Fortune 500, maybe they find some some news appearances or something like that, and then they use that to to be personalized, right? Um, but podcasts are way underutilized. There's there's not very many people seeking out their targets. 
uh, or executives and looking for podcasts that they've been on and taking that information to reach out to them. Because the interesting thing about a podcast interview versus like a news interview or a CNBC or whatever about your last raise or whatever the case is, it's a very different conversation. Um, You're going to find some very surface level stuff in those interviews versus in a podcast. People are a little bit more relaxed. They get a little bit more personal slash professional. Um, You're going to uncover things that you're not going to find anywhere else in your research. Yeah, no, absolutely. And if you think about the the basis of a podcast for sales is you want to be able to provide value to the other side before you get into a sales conversation. So I think it ties back to a lot of the strategies for product-led growth and, and bottom-up growth in general is like, I will let, let me have you on the podcast. I'll share my reach with you. I'll share the exposure with you and I'll We'll talk about how your company's is great. And then in return, if we build that rapport, we build that relationship, we may in, engage in a sales conversation at some point. So I think uh, that's that's super smart. And it's really the base of, of product-led sales, right? Is you deliver some kind of value, whether it's through your product, through marketing content, through a podcast or whatever. And then a sales rep engages at some point in the funnel when when there's enough signals that indicate to a potential to close or to expand. Another thing that we see uh, when we talk to SaaS businesses is usually the number one concern is net dollar retention. Mm-hmm. And the same kind of signals or the same kind of processes can be implied to customers that are already converted and making sure that they retain. So the contextual aspect for like, hey, I'm, I'm X company, I have 5,000 clients, well, the ability for my CS team to engage in a contextual manner, whether with product data, marketing data, or, or whatever it is, can really have a big impact on retention. And obviously, working on churn is is like the new the new acquisition. It's like mm-hmm. the it's it's it makes a huge impact on long term revenue. Right. So, if you know the you the the uh, the usage of the product drops significantly that's a great signal that like maybe they're not fully educated on how to use the product or um, they're not aware of some features or they're not fully benefiting from the product or they're out shopping for a product to replace your product. Right. Like those would be huge indicators that like you need to engage in a meaningful way to try to, you know, it's way easier to, uh, you know, people don't want to change. Right. But if you're not paying attention to the fact that they're not using your product, then it's going to be easier for them to just make a change rather if you're not, if they're not being engaged in a, in a meaningful way. So uh, what would, what type, what would that signal look like? And then what would that outreach look like to like get them engaged to help prevent churn? Yeah. And I mean, j- before I get into that, there's a, there's an interesting study that was done by a SaaS company recently. They removed their onboarding sequence. They removed all of their automatic emails from their onboarding mm-hmm. sequence and it made no it had no correlation to retention at all. So I think it's all about being contextual. And those those signals can be like, hey, a decision maker in your users has become inactive or um, that account has stopped using your premium features or they're going to certain pages of your website that can indicate that they're trying to figure it out. Um, could be a lot of could be a lot of signals. They're not opening your emails anymore. Um, mm. They're not engaging with your social anymore. Those are all things that 
um, uh, a customer success person wants, wants to engage on and then use that to say, hey, I've, I've seen that you've stopped using the app for, for a while. I made a quick Loom video to show you like how you can, how you can leverage this feature or um, let me show you a case study about a company that's similar to yours that's doing something great. So I think those are all how CS can use, can use uh, product signals to be contextual. That can have yeah. a huge impact. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's one I hadn't even considered, but I think is extremely valuable. Um, Fred, any final thoughts? Where can people find out more about you, Blinks, or anything else that you have for them? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm really active on LinkedIn, so they can reach out. I answer to every almost every DM, aside from if it's spam. Um, so <laughs> on LinkedIn, friend Melanson. Uh, if they want to check out Blinks, it's blinks.com, B-L-I-I-N-X. And for my podcast, where we talk about uh, product-led sales and uh, I interview sales and growth leaders in, in the SaaS space, it's called Value First, the product-led sales podcast, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, just, just search it and you'll find it. Awesome. And we'll drop the links for everybody there in the show notes so you can check it out. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. It really does help us out. And as always, we're listening for your feedback. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.